Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. Today we're going to be talking about the healing effects of past life recall. More and more people are starting to believe in reincarnation thanks to researchers like Dr. Jim Tucker, Carol Bowman, Brian Weiss, and more. Past life regressionists have for years reported the healing aspects of recalling a past life. Individuals have healed from phobias, nightmares, allergies, and other ailments after remembering a past life. There are countless stories of people suffering from things like claustrophobia until they recall a past life of being buried alive or walled up in a prison. There are stories of people who have terrifying fears of water, only to have these healed when they recall a past life of drowning at a sea. It's a fascinating aspect of healing for us to look into. And Denise, you have a lot of firsthand experience in this because you are a trained past life regressionist. Can you tell us about that and what that process was like? Sure. Last fall, I took a class at the Edgar Casey Foundation on past life regression hypnotherapy. And it really is a fascinating modality. And I had learned to do regressions years and years ago from a shamanic perspective. But this is different. This was a different modality. So my, I'm kind of blending the two together. People want to know, oh, my past life. Well, who was I with? What did I do? But really a big part of doing this kind of work is for your own personal growth and healing. And it goes back to what you just said about are you trying to release something that might be a blockage in helping you step into what you're doing right now? Are you limiting yourself? Are you, do you have a fear that you're afraid to step out of your comfort zone that might not even be grounded in this lifetime? It can help you see personal relationships in a different way or explain some of the dynamics you might have. It can help you reconnect with your your own inner talents or you know how sometimes you just know things that or you you have a natural ability for something but you don't really know why there could be a link with another life with that kind of a key thing right now is so many people are doing trauma re release work and sometimes those can be rooted in other lifetimes or other experiences so there's a this can go in a whole lot of different directions this type of work when someone comes to you for a past life regression, do you ask them to kind of state an intention for their regression? I ask that because I feel like if you just do a past life regression, the first one that pops up might be the one that has the highest emotional consistency or weight to it, but it might not be the one that's relevant to an issue you're working on in your life. So I've always felt that you should state an intention before you do the regression. Exactly. It's exactly true. And sometimes people will come and they'll say, oh, I know that I've had a life in, and they'll pick a geographical area or a time frame, and they'll go into the regression with that expectation of going to that time frame, and they may go somewhere else or to a different place. What I loved about this last training that I did was that it was more about soul-directed regressions. It was about you might do a past life. You might go to the angelic realm. You might meet with your guides and angels. You might go to the hall of records. And, and where you end up is based on that intention you set before you go into that light trance state. But it's very much about your soul will light the way for you to experience what you really need most for your healing now. And in some ways, it feels like just recalling it is enough to heal it. 
I do think so as well. I really do, because I did immigration years and years and years ago, and I was dating this man at the time, and I couldn't figure out why things just, there was some things going on in present time that didn't really resonate. They, they didn't make sense. And I did this regression and it brought me back to a time period with this person. And I could see that some of my hesitations in this life were actually based on some things that had happened when we had done this before. That can be a traditional past life regression, but as the energies and frequencies shift and change, and as empaths, we all know that that's a daily basis now, we may be going more into what healing do I need? What direction do I need? What insight do I need? And it might bring you back to a past life or it might bring you to another place in the, the realms. That's fascinating. I have a friend who was struggling with infertility and she went to a past life regressionist where she recalled several past lives where her children were taken from her, either through illness, death, or situations far beyond her control. And just recalling that, I remember she came home and she was she was very sad about the memories, but she was like, I don't know how that's going to help me. And within a year, she got pregnant on her own. But she wasn't aware of the healing in a way, if that makes sense, on a conscious level. I mean, it was interesting for her to recall those past lives. It was emotionally sad for her to recall them, but she couldn't connect the dots as to how that would help her get pregnant. And then within a year she was, and I remember saying to her, do you think it's connected? And she said, you know, uh, on reflection, I think it is. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. If you think about uh, conscious mind, subconscious mind, universal mind, and we id, ego, super ego, we have all of those aspects. So if you're going into that conscious mind, you're analytical, that part of your mind that wants to make things happen, it's your surroundings, it's rational. Your subconscious mind, though, makes up 90% of what's going on in there. And this is where the memories are stored. So sometimes we might be carrying those memories from other lives that they're unconscious, but they're carrying, still carrying that energetic charge of things that were left undone or vows that we made or accomplishments or failures or mistakes or emotional debts or overwhelming gratitude. All of those things are going to carry over with our subconscious mind. And sometimes regression can help you release those or reactivate them even. So some reasons for going to a past life regressionist might be to understand the root cause of difficulties in a relationship or energy blocks that you're experiencing or physical illness or ailments that you're undergoing, or maybe just curiosity as to who was I before and how does this relate to where I'm going now? Right. It's about going within and finding your own answers. And that's what I really like about this way of doing the work is that it's helping you align with your true core self. And you may come up with something that you're not expecting, or at least it's going to give you that inner validation of this is a part of who I am, or this is why I do things the way I do. And I really believe that's what we're all looking for right now is that little nudge to say, this is who I am. And this is what I came to do what skills can I activate or what memories can I release or what trauma needs to be let go of so that I can fully step up and be present? 
Well, you do a lot of work with the ancestors. Can people do past life regression to connect with their ancestral healing? Yes. I love, love, love that part of it. It all goes back to that intention. See another aspect that explains why you have the relationship you do. As far as connecting with that ancestral realm, I think that that's a huge part of the healing that we're all going through right now as well. So many people are trying to break those patterns or they're looking for knowledge or they're trying to say, what what do I need to heal so I can send that energy of healing back as well as forward? That's a really good point that we can send healing energy back and forward and we can call on our ancestors and ask for them to send healing to us now. Right. Because they want to help us. <laughs> I, I think they do anyway. I don't think they're up to say, oh, let's poke her with this stick. So watch her dance, Denise, dance. I don't think that they're, <laughs> that's the plan. Uh, but I, I'm a big believer in anything that we can do that helps us feel more solid with who we are. And this might be a tool to consider to do that because it is very introspective. It is very, very much about, uh, you know, it, and it's not airy, fairy, scary, woo-woo. It's not that. It's more you go into a light trance. It's a basic, you just kind of talked into this gentle place. It's breath work. It's relaxing. And then you do a little voice entrainment where you get someone to listen to your voice. So you're in control the whole time. You're not like out in the ethers. And that goes back to what I said about like the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. You'd be listening and you'd be going into this, this experience, but at the same time, you're very cognizant of everything that's going on around you. So I think sometimes people will have a hesitation of, will I be out of control? Will I be lost? What's going to happen? You're very, very, very aware of what's going on the whole time. That's a really good point that it's not, it's not a scary process. And the way you do it over Zoom, it's nice too, because people can do it from the comfort of their home. And right. I think that can make people feel more safe to go into that, you know, alpha, theta brainwave state they need to be in to have this regression experience. I think Brian Weiss is the person that really, the man that I learned this technique from trained with Brian Weiss, but he has an amazing, amazing wealth of resource on his website on brianweiss.com. But the book list alone is, is phenomenal. There was a Q&A, and one of the things that said was, how can I know if the memories I have are real or if they're fantasies or the result of my imagination? And don't you find that even with the intuitive stuff that we do all the time, it's our, our life, or with the mediumship or with our connection to spirit, there's always that little tiny bit of our brain. Am I making this stuff up? Is this real? Do I really have a connection? And we try so hard to trust that. So then we're saying, okay, you're going to go back and experience another dimension or another life. Of course, your imagination or your mind's going to try to, to counter that a little bit. Right. Because it's the mind's job is to keep us safe and protected. But if you look at the word imagination and then put that to the side, and then you study the new research in quantum physics, physics and consciousness and the placebo effect and the nocebo effect it kind of makes us rework our definition of imagination, right? Because if, if a doctor can give you a pill and say, hey, if you take this pill every day, it's going to cure X. And that pill is just a sugar pill. And yet you imagine that it works. And thanks to the placebo effect, it does work. Well, 
what does that say about the imagination? Exactly. Going back to Brian Weiss, he said it it's really isn't critical to figure out if it's coming if if what comes to your mind is a symbol or a metaphor, or a true memory, or imagination, or a mixture of all of them. It's about accepting it with a non-judgmental way and saying, how is this helping me with where I am now? Because after you're done with the experience, you can analyze it as much as you want. You can look for cues. You can look for connections. But what fascinates me to no end is, and he he cites this story on, on his website, is when people have done a regression and then they found evidence that it really happened. Oh, I think that is absolutely fascinating. So one of the things that he, he cites is this woman named Jenny Cockle. And as a child, she had memories of living in Ireland and dying when her children were really little. So as an adult, she decided to look for him. And she, she found five of the eight kids that she had given birth to during that time. You can watch the documentary on it. A guy, I heard a guy on Coast to Coast. I wish I had written it down for the show. I apologize for not having names in the name of his book. But he went, I believe he went to New Orleans and had a past life regression where he recalled a life as an artist. And he was a very left brain thinker. Where's the proof? I need to see the evidence. So he was like, did I just make that up? So he researched the name of this artist. And lo and behold, he actually was a living, breathing man uh, around the turn of the century. And he was able to I think he had dreams about some of the paintings, or maybe he described the paintings in this regression. Anyway, he was able to find the paintings that matched up with his descriptions of what he remembered painting. Ooh. I know. I love stuff like that. I did read a lot about Carol Bowman in preparation for this show. She's a well-known past life researcher. Uh, one of her most recent books is called Return from Heaven, and I, I want to talk about that in a second. But she got interested in this field and was having some of her own past life regressions. And so she had some friends over one night and invited her past life regression teacher to come. And she told the teacher about how her son had been having really, really bad reactions to loud noises, like a car backfiring or fireworks. And he had this weird spot of eczema just on his left wrist. And so the past life regression teacher was like, well, sit him on your lap and let's see if we can walk him through like a gentle guided meditation. And so he was only three, I believe, at the time. And while sitting on his mom's lap, he was gently regressed and he recalled a life where he was a slave fighting for the Union during the Civil War. And he talked about how war was not at all like he thought it would be and how he missed his wife and kids. And this is a three-year-old. Yeah. He was. Um, he said he was shot in the wrist and taken to a makeshift hospital where he was bandaged up and shocked that he was being sent back into the field and he did not want to go. He described in detail, when he was only a preschooler, the sound of gunfire, the sight of wagons, horses, and cannons. Now, after this recall, the eczema on his wrist disappeared, never returned, and so did his fear of loud noises to the point where he started playing the drums. And she says that today as a grown man, he still plays the drums. Now he has little to no memory of this past life anymore, which is really common because studies tell us that most um, naturally occurring past life memories tend to fade by the age of five or six. But again, another example of how a physical and a phobia can just disappear after recalling a past life. 
Now, in her book, Return from Heaven, it's about people reincarnating into the same family. Oh. Isn't that interesting? Well, that goes into the whole soul group stuff. Yes, exactly. She talks about this two-year-old boy named Dylan who told his mom one day while he was playing, I smoke, while mimicking the action of holding a cigarette between his fingers and exhaling. Can you imagine if your little kid walked up to you and said, hey, mom, got a smoke? <laughs> now, she was shocked because no one in the home smoked, so it's not like he had seen this. He even patted his front pocket, saying, this is where I keep my smokes. When he would play with toys, he pretended he was throwing dice, calling out sevens. I'm throwing lucky sevens. Again, his mom was super puzzled because he'd never been exposed to gambling. Then on his third birthday, someone gave him a toy gun and Dylan became instantly attached to this thing. He'd sleep with it, carry it in his pocket. He even held it with him in the bath. So the family started to wonder what's going on here. And one of the family members said, I think this is our grandfather reincarnated. Everyone called this grandfather Pop-Pop. He had been a police officer in the Great Depression. He was then later a prison guard. He played craps and dice. He always had his gun with him. He smoked and he always carried his, pot, his cigarettes in his front jeans pocket rather than his shirt pocket like most people. He was a lifelong smoker he died from emphysema. In fact, Denise, his last words were asking for a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's a really interesting concept. She even has a chapter in her book called Mother Switching, which details cases of deceased mothers returning to a son or daughter as their child. In some of these cases, the mothers died the same day the child was born. I think there's a lot of that. I think that there are certain, doesn't it make sense with some of the really deep, deep, deep karmic connections we have with our family of origin that we would come back and learn from each other repeatedly? Yes, it does. But it also exhausts me thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there a point where we can just say, I'm done with you people? Right. Or, you know, is that... One of the reasons sometimes we feel like we were airdropped in is because it's a different family for us. Yeah, I do think that that can happen because while sometimes people will reincarnate into the same family, a lot of more evolved souls who have finished that karma with that soul group will go to a different family or any family that's available so they can work their mission in that timeline that they need to. And I do, I agree, that explains why, you know, some of us feel like orphans in our own family. There are certain ways you might, do you have that familiar feeling? So sometimes through a past life regression, it not only helps you heal and grow your mind and your body and strengthen your present day relationships, but if you're always having common signs of a past life, it can be a deja vu. So that feeling that you've met someone before, or you've visited someplace before, sometimes that that feeling of deja, deja vu can be a sign of a past life with a particular person or a specific place. And you and I have talked about that a lot, that there'll be certain people you'll meet. And obviously, if, if we had to put any credence with this, I would say that we have some life together because when we first met, we just kind of knew each other right out of the gate. I agree. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's, it's so neat when you meet people and you have that, oh, I know you feeling. Like, I've seen you before. I know you. You're familiar. 
or having the anxiety feeling or the fear base or the 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 red flag feeling when there's really nothing to constitute having that even though everything else feels fine there's something that says oh this just doesn't feel right maybe you're having a deja vu about that I remember reading this years ago, this woman had gone on a trip with, with I think her husband at the time, and they went to uh, another country and she started having anxiety attacks and she started freaking out. And But when they left that country and went somewhere else, she was fine. And during the regression, she found out that her anxiety was actually from a lifetime where she had been killed in that country. So when she got there, her physical self had a reaction up through anxiety of not wanting to be there. That is so interesting. I love it when we can make those connections and, and connect those dots and figure out why some places resonate with us, why some people just seem to fit with us and others don't, because it, it gives us answers and it provides meaning to our experiences, which is very, very healing. Okay. But I have to give this a little twist, and this is just more question than how about the people, though, that are so convinced that, oh, I can't leave. We have a pet. We've done past lives, past lives. I've known him or her forever or they forever. And if we don't get it right this time, then it's not. Sometimes is it a past life connection or is that just a, a pattern that you've gotten into with that person that you're. I think sometimes people can feel as though they have an obligation to stay with a certain soul group or person or they it's just comfort. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when I was doing this research and reading about how souls make their choices, I was thinking about, you know how you have some friends, they go to the same restaurants and they order the same thing off the menu. Mm -hmm. And then you have other friends and they have to go to a different restaurant every time or try something new on the menu. I wonder if that's how we just are as souls, where when we get to heaven and we have to make our new return trip soul plan... Some of us are like, I want to do the same thing. I don't want any surprises. Put me back in, coach. Or others of us are like, I want a brand new everything. That was one of the things that this man brought up in the class that he was teaching. He said, we've done all the lifetimes. So don't think that you came in any better or worse or different. If you unearth a, a lifetime or, or a feeling or a situation or a connection where you weren't as noble as you are now or as kind or as thoughtful those were still important parts of your soul lessons that you had to experience to get to where you are now i think that it gives you the more lives you do the more you connect with this part of yourself it helps you realize that empathy and compassion for someone else who may have be struggling a little bit in the lifetime that they're in now wow now have you ever dreamt a past life well, actually, once a long, long time ago, but that's another really strong indicator that it was a life. If you have that one of those really vivid, detailed dreams that uh, it could be about a past life coming through. So there can be, is it called spontaneous past life recall when that happens? I'm not sure. Okay. I just wonder sometimes about dreams and deja vu. I've had a lot of past life dreams. I've had deja vu experiences that make me wonder, is this connected to a past life? Mm -hmm. You know, where you just show up in a new town and yet it feels very, very familiar. Yeah. 
and also with your strong psychic and intuitive connection, it must be even more intense when you have those dreams. Yeah, it is. And it's, um, I think it's, it's just so interesting. And the time, if you do have past life dreams, I think it's important to look at the timing of those dreams. Um, I know like over the summer, I was just sitting at the beach and I fell asleep in the sun and I had this vivid past life memory of where I was a woman and I had, I was in Paris. It was right before the revolution or during the revolution, I guess. And I was running these salons where I was giving readings and I knew it was dangerous to like be a psychic during this French revolution. And one of my friends was Delacroix and he had me arrested. And so my dream was of that scene where I was arrested. And I remember knowing I was kind of a little shallow and vain and yet really, really good hearted. But I remember as I was being arrested, I had the thought, thank God I'm in my pretty green dress. (laughs) (laughs) So I woke up on the, and I'm not, I do not nap. I do not fall asleep at the drop of a hat ever. So it was so weird for me to fall asleep at the beach in this way anyway. So I woke up and and I was just thinking about it sitting in my beach chair. And I thought, well, I drink LaCroix water. So maybe that's where it came from. And when I went home, I researched it. And there really was a man named De LaCroix who was definitely tied up in the French Revolution. And I had the dream on July 13th, which is right before, you know, the whole French Revolution anniversary mm-hmm. day. So I don't know. But I've had dreams where my children have come to me in dreams and showed me past lives that we've had together and why they chose me. And I think those are such gifts when we can have that those experiences. I've gone to past life regressionists before and have been able to remember and recall dreams, I'm sorry, past lives that have really shown me key points and reasons for certain relationships in my life. And sometimes just recognizing the reason for certain relationships helps you deal with those relationships with much more compassion for yourself and and the other person. Or it helps you break a cycle that you might have carried over. Yes. Yes. I think the soul is always seeking to heal trauma. And Mm -hmm. past life recall is just one way for the soul to do this. And so any of us can go to a trained regressionist and experience this this trauma healing for our soul right did you find that the dreams connected you to other time periods you might have really uh because that's another one of the ways they'll say is do you have a a real connection with a certain time period in history and a lot of people because you you're like spot on with your history stuff it's a huge part of who you are and how you work and you always are able to make references and pull things out, but they'll say if you that can often be an indicator of a past life if you have a fascination with a certain time period. So, did any of them match up for you with your dreams and your the regressions that you did? Yes, for sure. Um, in fact, early on, when my daughter Victoria, when she was just three months old, she was still in the bassinet next to the bed. I had a dream that she was sitting up in a high chair and talking. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she said, mommy, do you want to know why I picked you? And I said, yes. And she said, hold my hand. And she showed me, she showed me one past life where we were separated early on. 
And that was one of the main reasons why she picked me so that we could be at mom and child, you know, for a good long time. But the other dream she showed me was where she and my other daughter, Olivia, were orphans and they were sent to this other town to live. So I just assumed upon waking that maybe they were part of the orphan train people, but I don't know. And I was their school teacher and the person they were living with was, I guess, physically abusive. And I kind of turned them, turned this guy into the authorities. And so Olivia and Victoria were separated. And so she said, we chose you so that we could be sisters for real this time. Um. And she said, that she grew up to become a collage artist named Annie and lived in the city. And so I had forgotten that part. And I was cleaning out my filing cabinet a couple of months ago and I found my old dream journal and I ran to Tori's room and I, I read her this dream as I had written it down the minute I woke up and she was like, Oh my gosh, that's so weird. So we started Googling collage artist from that time period and we found one named Annie. Now, when we went to her Wikipedia page, it said that she was orphaned at a young age and raised by an aunt. So I don't know if that fits exactly, but it, it seems pretty close. Wow. Yeah. So Isn't that, was, that cool, though? I know. I know. And she's, you know, Tori, she has her own art page and on Instagram. Like, she's super, super artistic and really interested in all of that. She's not interested in collage art, but I just found that fascinating. Oh, it is. And see, that that would be considered a big validation, I would think. Similar to when people will go find their grave or they'll go to the church that they see in a regressionist or they'll go back to it. And now when you add in Ancestry.com and uh, DNA and me, all the one what is it, 23 and me and all the those things, people are finding links to places that they've always felt a connection to. I did the coolest regression. I don't, I'm not going to give any personal information, so I don't think I'm sharing, but it was a really cool story. There was a woman that I did a regression for, with, because I think it's a cooperative, it's not me doing it, it's doing it together. And she uh, she's always had a fascination with Scotland. Long story short, we, we went to a lifetime. She did the things, but then she and her sister, and there's no, there's no way they would have a, a genetic in their lifetime. Now a, an actual genetic connection with, with Scotland. And then they went back and they found a link on her mother's side of the family that connected her to Scotland. And she said, I think that's why I always want to go there. I want to live there. I feel this connection is because there was that old, and she said, and she just shared some things in, in the regression, some things came up that validated it for her. But wow. after the regression, she came back and said, you're not going to believe this. We actually found a physical genetic link to that place in Scotland that I was telling you about. That is so cool. And well, see, that's why I think a regression is such a, better experience than even a dream or if you go to an intuitive and they just tell you about your past lives like for example I lived in Phoenix for a short time and I did not like it there and I remember thinking what is wrong with me this is like the most beautiful place I've ever seen 
And the people there were so friendly and kind and welcoming. And yet inside, I was like, I don't like it here. I don't feel mm -hmm. safe here. I want to go home. And I just thought it was homesickness. And years later, I went to a reader and she told me that I had a past life where I was a first people in Arizona and I lost my home and I lost my family. Oh. And I thought, oh, I, I bet that's why I reacted so strongly when I was living in Arizona. But it never really resonated with me because I didn't remember that. I didn't recall it. I didn't experience it. Don't you think something happens on a cellular or soul level when you experienced yourself through a regression? Yes, yes. And it's, it's so real, you can't ignore it. But that goes into if you're, some people may have the experience and they'll get the visual and they'll feel it and they'll be so ensconced in that lifetime or that experience or that different dimension or, or you know, however description you want to use for it. And other people might just get a feeling or colors or emotions or nuances. And that's when it, you're always getting what you need, even though you might go into it with, I want to know why I love Scotland or why my ex-husband and I have always knocked heads. Or you might go with a certain intention, but spirit is going to give you through the regression what you actually need to heal in this lifetime now. What do you think about the age and the timing. I ask that because one of my daughters has a huge fear of water. She's taken swim classes many times. She will go in the water, but she has a fear of the water. You know, we used to have a boat and she'd go on the boat, but she never liked it. You know, and we'd go to the beach and usually I'd have to take her and her sisters. And then her dad would stay at home waiting for me to text him and say, she's ready to go because <laughs> she only wanted to be there for like an hour. She just doesn't enjoy anything about water. And so she's asked me, can you do a past life regression on me so I can figure out my fear of water? But her fear is, is it's connected to tsunamis. She's absolutely fascinated. She's written papers on it. I don't know if she's ready to recall because I know it's a traumatic life obviously right and mm -hmm. i don't know if she's ready to recall that so i keep putting it off and i just wonder what your opinion is on that how old is she 14 uh, see i would go with the individual or i i mean personally i think i'm a big believer in any kind of the work that that you and i do is 18 or older that's or with or too. with parental permission and i I, I did do a mediumship reading for a, a girl who was, I think, 12 or 13, but she had saved her babysitting money because she wanted to connect with her dog that passed. And her mother was right there in the room with us. And it was a beautiful and we got the dog and um, she was just she said, oh, I knew she'd come. I knew she'd come. I'm going to cry just thinking about that because there was such a purity in her love for that animal. So. Uh, maybe that's one option for your daughters is you would be a part of it as well or or be there or some people will like be right in it and they're re-experiencing it and they're feeling it. A lot of times a regression though, it's more like you're observing what's going on, like you're seeing it, you're walking through it, but it's more from an observation standpoint. So there's different ways that it can uh, manifest when you're doing the actual work. Well, you know, what's interesting when I was reading about all of this, it brought back 
we I've done other shows on psychic teachers about past life recall where we talked about Dr. Ian Stevenson mm-hmm. and he's written so much on birthmarks and birth defects that correspond to wounds um, on deceased persons. So like if you were wounded in battle in your right shoulder, you might in this lifetime have a birthmark on your right shoulder. And if you look at his books and his published papers, he ha- he's been able especially in countries that believe in reincarnation mm-hmm. he's been able to document you know because some of these individuals he primarily worked with children because he felt their memories were more you know untainted by by their culture their family their expectations and they were able to recall the names of who they were in a past life and so wow. he was able to then go and get the autopsy of some of these individuals and show that yes, their wounds directly corresponded with the birthmarks. Ooh. Isn't that cool? Well, I think that's amazing. Cool is probably not the best word since we're talking about injuries and difficult. No, no, but it would make sense if, if we would hold a, a, an emotional trauma that impacted us to be able to carry over. Maybe that's like a little reminder that we have physically. I don't know. Right, right. It could be. And it makes you think about certain ideas of proof of this, you know? Right. I think I think we're getting there. I do think we're getting there. Um, you can you can find a lot of I think these show this show streams on most outlets. It's called um The Ghost Inside My Child. Okay. So it's got a scary title, but it's really just about kids who recall past lives. And what they've done is on the show is they go and they try to document and research who these people are. Now, Carol Bowman talks about a story that they are keeping anonymous. It's about a young boy who recently developed a fascination with fire trucks. And he Mm -hmm. told his parents he used to be a firefighter. And he later recalled that he'd been killed during 9-11. In super specific, again, at the age of three or four, talking about how he was trapped in the building, trying to get people out as the towers fell. His memories were so detailed that they were able to find out exactly who he was and even where his family and his fiance live today. But because of the family's evident religious beliefs, Carol Bowman and this family, the boy's mom especially, have not divulged the details, believing it would cause too much pain to this man's family. Wow. But isn't that new, interesting stuff? Because 9-11, at least to me, isn't that long ago. No. And no. to think about this, this man has already reincarnated into a different family, and his his recall was so specific. They were able to find the family today. Can you imagine getting that phone call? No. Oh my goodness. And see, I I don't know about that because you know, you and I have talked about this on other shows, uh, the Newton work of life between lives and how much time do we spend? What do we do in that in between? And some of the people that were in that class with me, those are the lifetimes they visited were that life between lives of going to the hall of records of doing their soul work of doing that. So it's interesting to me that, you know, is there, are the time frames of how quickly we can come back shifting with this new energy and dimension that we're moving into? I think it is shifting. I also think it's depends on 
how you died, how much of your soul plan were you able to accomplish? I've noticed that people who die in their youth tend to come back pretty quickly. And people who live to a ripe old age tend to take their time reincarnating. But there's no hard and fast rules. Again, I think it's an individual thing. Like for me, for example, I've never taken a two-week vacation. I I think the longest vacation I've taken is 10 days because I'm always go, 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 go. So sitting on a beach for 14 days, it's just not me. And I wonder if that's how I would be in heaven. Like, oh, this is great, but I'm ready to go back. (laughs) Do you know what I mean, though? And there are some people who will take an entire summer off. I envy them. And I wonder if when they go to heaven, if they're like, I'm just going to kick up my heels and stay over here for about 50 years. Good point. That's funny. <laughs> I, I hope we don't have to stay type A if once we cross over and we, we do. Anyway, uh, so truly the, the whole point of a regression is it should be experiential. It should be emotional and it should be spiritual. I mean, and I think however you get there, but isn't that, those are all, signs of of most healing but it's not about a specific religion it's about connecting with that oneness of that and that goes back to that universal consciousness or the collective consciousness that's kind of what you're tapping into when you're you're doing regression type work okay so if this is brand new to someone listening walk them through a regression i don't mean point by point, but what can they expect if they go to you for a past life regression? Uh, You have a conversation, just get, what is it, you know, as far as, so you'll know what the intention is that the person is trying to set. You do a prayer or collect it or, or opening or a ritual or whatever, just to hold space for, for both of you and anything that happens. There's a lot of breath work of relaxing, relaxing the body and then there's voice and train that where you just go into that subtle place. It's almost a guided meditation like feeling where you're just kind of relaxing, you're listening, you're following along. And as you go deeper and deeper into that light trance, again, you're still completely aware of everything that's going on around you. You start to, part of your brain starts listening to the voice and that's able to guide you into that, like following the directives of, okay, now you're you're stepping onto this and this is what's happening next. But then you, it gets to a point where you, you walk someone down into that. So they're so relaxed. And then it transitions to their soul leading the way of what comes next. And I'm there more as a guide to help keep that process going and to document it and to take notes and things. And then you come out of it and we discuss what happened. And it's, it's really pretty cool stuff. It sounds super cool. And you know what's nice is you have a great voice for that. <laughs> Thank you, I guess. <laughs> I worked as a regressionist, and I'm sure she was lovely and she was incredibly well-trained, but her voice was so jarring that I couldn't fully go under because the, her voice would jar me out of that meditative space I needed to be in, whereas your voice is so soothing and nurturing and comforting I think it would be very easy to to follow your voice as a guide. Thank you. Can they be laying down or sitting up or does it matter? Either is fine. And as long as there's one of the things that I've, I've figured out, and they told us this at the beginning, I've done some where people didn't have headphones or earbuds in. It works much, much better if you have headphones or earbuds 
the Zoom thing is so that I can, or if, if you were, if the world opened up and I chose to do this in person with people, you can see is this person having a reaction? Are they uncomfortable? Are they cold? Are they whatever? So you can keep that, it, it's having that visual connection. And I did a reading, uh, excuse me, a regression a while back and the woman's mic went out and all I could hear was garbled the whole time. And I kept saying, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. And then I kind of relied on the intuitive, like the psychic stuff. And I was able to walk her through the regression. And, you know, I, I just kind of intuited, where do we go from here? And at the end of it, I said, I'm so sorry. I couldn't understand anything you were saying. And she explained all the things that were happening when I couldn't hear her. So she still had the experience, even though I, you know, you and I both believe everything happens as it's meant to. Maybe she needed to experience that on her own timeline, not with me guiding it. But she said it was a, a still a really good experience. Well, another great reason to go to a regressionist who's also an intuitive. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap up with a quote from Carol Bowman's book by a four-year-old little girl named Courtney. She says, when you go to heaven, you have a little time to rest, kind of like a vacation, but then you have to get to work. You have to start thinking about what you want to learn in the next life. You have to start picking out your next family. Heaven isn't just a place to hang around forever. It's not just a place to relax and kick back. You have work to do there. Oh. I know. So even in heaven, we got to work, Denise. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be like the RuPaul of heaven. <laughs> you got to work. But I think that oh. the point is even though, yes, we do have important work to do here, and I'm not trying to make light of that, there are tools. You know, one of my biggest complaints is that we come to this earth and there's no guidebook, there's no textbook, there's no teacher that we can call on that's, you know, clearly visible to us. And it's my only complaint, and it's one thing I would like to ask God when I do get to heaven years and years, God willing, from now, is just say, dude, can you not give us, like, some tools? And I've thought about that for years. And I know what he or she would say to me is, I did give you tools. I gave you mm -hmm. a lot of tools. And I think past life regression is just one of those tools that's been given to us to help us recognize our soul plan, our soul purpose, and anything that's blocking us or us. But sometimes a regression can help you recognize gifts that you have right now that you might not be aware of or people in your life who are teachers and helpers. And so there's so many different avenues that we can pull upon from a past life regression that can really help move us forward in our soul growth. Very, very beautifully said. So if people want to connect with you for a past life regression, they can just go to thegratefulmessenger.com or they can email Denise at denise at thegratefulmessenger.com. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Please remember, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.